Welcome to the Common Good Podcast, the podcast that showcases the very best of Glasgow Caledonian University and how the institution, its staff and its research benefits people and communities, both at home and overseas. My name is Craig Telfer and today I am joined by Professor Alistair Robertson, the Director of Academic Development and Student Learning, to talk about GCU's transition to online teaching over the past seven months. Alistair, thank you very much for joining me on today's show. Well, thank you for inviting me, Craig. It's really good to take part and uh, I'm looking forward to this conversation. Now, you joined GCU in April and before we were recording, Alistair, you said you've actually only been onto campus once to collect a laptop. How have you found things since you uh, became a part of the GCU community? Yes, I must say that that is true. I think what was, was beneficial in that I had visited the university on a number of occasions uh, in the past years, just through previous roles, and I knew a few of my colleagues. But on the other hand, obviously, I, there's a, a vast array of people that I haven't met other than through this medium. So yeah. it's been it's been an interesting time, but then, you know, we've all been in the same boat. I think one of the challenges that I've found is particularly when we're talking about particular teaching spaces and trying to visualize some of those when I've got a limited knowledge of the campus. So, <laughs> so some little practical challenges there, but no, it's been, it's been great, really enjoyable. So you're the Director of Academic Development and Student Learning. Can you tell me about your role at the university? What is it you do? Okay, so as I say, my role is Director of Academic Development and Student Learning. So I lead a department that includes, for example, our centralised support for technology-enhanced learning. So that's, for example, the virtual learning environment, GCU Learn. We've, uh, again, been doing a lot of work around the technologies to support and enhance student learning, even when we were on campus. And we'll talk more about that uh, later. I also do, the, the team also uh, supports, for example, staff's professional development, their academic development. So, for example, for early career staff, we have the postgraduate certificate in academic practice. For more experienced staff, we have the CPD route called Accelerate. Uh, we do a lot of, so as I say, it's, it's a lot of professional development in learning and teaching for academic staff. And as I say, that involves a range of activities, whether it's resources, guidance, webinars, those sorts of things. So that, that's, that's the team as it stands just now. You've had quite an interesting career in academia, Alistair. I had a look at your biography on the GCU website and you've been involved in higher education for over 25 years. Can you talk a little bit about your journey? Okay, so I suppose I, I started my career in higher education, did a PhD in solid state inorganic chemistry. In fact, I was looking at electrode materials for rechargeable uh, lithium batteries. Uh, that was, that was uh, another lifetime ago. Um, and then I sort of moved into this sort of whole area around quality enhancement of learning and teaching back in about 2003 when Scotland has just undertaken its sort of novel approach around the quality enhancement framework and the QAA national enhancement theme. So I worked at a national level in total for about nine years, two years at QAA and then the Higher Education Academy. And that was really, really good experience. It gave you a unique overview of the sector, working with all the institutions in Scotland. And at the Higher Education Academy, I also had a, a UK role to explore, well, concerned with student surveys and higher education policy. So I've got a lot of experience of supporting the sector in that area of higher education policy. 
Then uh, it would have been 2013, I took up a role as Director of Teaching and Learning Enhancement at Abertay University. I felt for me it was really important, it was quite a pivotal point in my career that I really wanted to go back to a university, but in a sort of a strategic role, so very different from previous sort of work as an academic researcher. So I took up that role at Abertay and was there for seven years and that was really interesting work at Abertay. Being in a small university, you got pulled into all sorts of different things, from the very strategic to really quite operational. And then, of course, joined GCU at, uh, in April. And I, I have to say that I think this would have probably been that transformation to a mainly online learning and teaching pedagogic approach at GCU would have been a, a, a very significant change, transformational program, even if we'd been on campus. Mm-hmm. But as I say, doing it in that purely remote, remote working with the team, getting to know new colleagues has just, say, added to the challenges. <laughs> we'll talk about those challenges and we'll talk about how the move to online learning was necessitated by the pandemic. But I want to yes. ask you a question, and it might be a bit of a thick question, but What do we mean by online learning? How do we define it? Okay, so I think of online learning as learning in an online environment. So rather than, say, us meeting Craig face-to-face, we're meeting virtually Mm -hmm. online. And as I say, that, that online learning then covers a spectrum from, say, resources, lectures, materials that students can study in their own time online and also live sessions like we're having just now so it includes both of those and those terms are commonly known as asynchronous and synchronous teaching how has online learning changed over the last two decades i imagine technology has played a big factor in how it's delivered absolutely i think the one of the the big things is it's become it's become much more sophisticated I think what rather than say in the past where it might have been a, a simple recording of someone giving a, a, a lecture, now we're looking at technologies which are much more interactive and promote student engagement. And I think what's really interesting is particularly with, with new technologies, and I'll, I'll pull up one example, is the, no, the use of augmented or virtual realities. It actually even lets you create learning environments that we can't create in the sort of physical real world so i was getting a demonstration the other day of someone doing this for physics and we were able to sort of play with sort of what would happen if there was zero gravity or what would happen if gravity you know was x times and it was really interesting just seeing the effects in in live time with this simulation and you would never have been able to do that in the laboratory so i think that for me is the the key thing is it's it's created novel learning environments and much more interactive whereas i say in the past it would have been someone just um basically recording their their lecture with some some written resources to supplement what are the big differences then between online learning and face-to-face learning are there things that can't be replicated online well i think we're i think to be honest as well craig as this pandemic continues I think that's a really interesting because as the pandemic continues, we're also seeing technology is moving at such a pace. So even in sort of platforms that we're all used to, like Microsoft Teams, Mm -hmm. what we can do now 
is rather different to what we could even do in March. So I think what's really interesting is in, in the past, if you'd had a conversation with me about a year ago, I would have said, you know, this should be all be about pedagogy first and then technology second. In other words, it should be technology enabled learning. But what's for me is really interesting is as technology is evolving, it's opening up new possibilities for learning and teaching. And so that's something I'm really keen when we think about moving forward is you know what these what new opportunities are there for sort of teaching and supporting our students online that we might not have been able to do before so it's quite a difficult question to answer because there's a bit of we don't know what we don't know but i think it's really keen and really important that we have an eye to the future and we sort of continue to innovate do the principles of learning and teaching change in an online setting or are they the same regardless I'd say the principles are pretty much the same. I think how they manifest themselves in the online environment is, is quite different. You'll have heard a lot about this move towards, say, or talk of blended learning. And yes. blended learning, in theory, brings together the best of face-to-face -face and online. And I think, for me, that for me is, is, is the future, I think, for, for GCU. We can have a discussion about what sort of the elements would be of that face-to-face -face and the elements of online. But I, I am saying I'm really keen that we have a, a blended student experience that takes together the best and allows you to then you take the approaches which are most suited to online versus on campus. So for example, you know, some of the sort of science labs could easily be you know would suit themselves to on campus other things which are which are achievable online but are maybe trickier some some of the group work particularly sort of project design and sort of planning those sorts of things they can be done online of course but there's something quite you get a richness of interaction when we're all sort of sitting around a table and sort of brainstorming and so i think a blended approach allows you to use the best of both environments We'll jump back to mid-March, and this is when we'd gone into lockdown, we'd closed the campus yep. and ceased face-to-face -face teaching, and everything suddenly shifted to online learning. Now, as you mentioned there, Alistair, the university was already in the process of, of that shift, but could you tell me what that process was going to look like, and, and has it matched your expectations for it? Yeah, so I think really what, what happened was, and this was, it was really quite interesting, looking at the university's draft strategy or learning teaching strategy 2030 back in, say, January, February. I think what we managed to do come March is accelerate things a lot. But I think what's really important is that pivot point in March was where we were able to take existing provision and then adapt it for an online remote teaching scenario. And I think where we're going to be going in the future is actually designing our programs to be delivered in that online and blended space. Right. So we've gone some way towards that over the summer because we've had, let's say, six or seven months now to sort of tailor and adapt and think about trimester A, so the teaching which just began last week. And I think we've gone some way uh, towards that. But at the same time, these are campus-based programs yeah. that we've adapted for the current pandemic. 
And I think the challenge for us all will be to think about that steady state, as I say, when things get back to, if not normal, more of a normality than they are at the moment. And, and really go back to first principles and think about um, what is a blended GCU student experience. I was going to ask you about students. How have students reacted to online learning? Well, I think, again, I mean, I think they've been on the whole, they've been very positive. I think that there are challenges, of course, with technologies. So, you know, whether students have the right equipment. Um, I know that in the pandemic, um, when, when we were in the full national lockdown back in the spring, it was quite challenging because you know, the schools were closed and so, you know, students reported that some of them found it quite difficult to find an appropriate place to study. But on the other hand, I've, I've heard a lot of positive comments. I think students quite like the fact that there's the flexibility and um, they can sort of attend lectures or classes virtually, that they can study in their own time. So there's a lot of benefits, but I wouldn't like to say that there aren't challenges too. What about for staff? How have they found the move? Again, I think it's quite interesting. I think some staff are really uh, running with this. I mean, I've been absolutely delighted that, you know, people are embracing new technologies and, and coming up with, with new ideas. I think some have perhaps found this quite, quite challenging, particularly, you know, if they've got great experience, maybe decades worth of experience of teaching on campus, then suddenly this move to within a couple of weeks of teaching online has been quite quite difficult and I think that's why for us it's been really important at the centre to try and develop or, or support a core set of technologies and solutions to help staff that are easy to or as easy as possible to implement. Mm -hmm. So we've been say focusing a lot on providing extensive webinars and, and guidance for staff to help them during this process and also tools as I say tools for them to rethink or reimagine their curriculum so I think at the moment it's about adaptation but in that mid to long term I want us to be able to rethink our curriculum and actually design them from the outset for a blended experience. When you look at online learning, you talk about the flexibility, it's safe, you know you don't need to travel into campus. Are there any downsides to online learning. One of the big drawbacks, I think you mentioned it when you were talking about students and staff might not necessarily have the, the correct equipment or the correct environment at home, and it doesn't seem to be a particularly social form of education. I think that's it. So we have um, actually identified that whole notion of socialization or of staff and students feeling part of a community. So we've created a range of uh, resources to support, support that. I think that is that that sense of belonging, particularly among students who have started at GCU this year, that is a challenge. And I think all universities recognize that. And that's why we've been trying where possible to have some on-campus teaching so that at least those students who've not been at the university before uh, get a sense of, 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 of the campus, although albeit in these rather different times. So I think, yes, that, that whole notion of learning community and that that partnership that relationship building between staff and students and also between the students themselves so that sort of notion of a, a cohort identity that can be a challenge it sounds like alice what we're going to be seeing soon is a paradigm shift in the way we teach students 
can you see universities going back to the way things were? Will we see a situation where hundreds of students are all attending in-person lectures, or is that now just a thing of the past? I think that is a brilliant question, Craig, and I think you will probably not see a uniform answer. Although having said that, I think the longer this pandemic goes on and the more that we, we see this online learning becoming embedded in our institution, as we become more expert in it, as the students experience it more, then actually I think it becomes harder and harder for us to imagine reverting, or why, why would we revert back to where we were? And I think that, that that whole notion of the lecture is quite an interesting one. I mean, even without social distancing, I would find it really quite hard to imagine that we'll go back to the crowded lecture theater where a member of staff stands up in front of one, two, three hundred students and, and talks at them for 45 minutes. Um, that's not to say that much more interactive classes, etc., will be on campus. Of course they will. But I think that notion of an academic member of staff delivering a traditional lecture live to, say, a room full of students, it's quite hard for me to, I, I certainly find it quite hard to, to imagine us going back to that situation. Particularly, as I say, but it can be done online now, and then if it's recorded, then students can go back over bits they didn't understand and, and that kind of thing. So pedagogically, it's also advantageous to be doing that kind of teaching in an online environment. If the way the degrees are being taught is changing, does that mean the degrees themselves might need to change to reflect that? I think so. I think there's, again, there's various aspects to this. If we think about the impact of the pandemic on the economy and the skills that employers are looking for, and if we think about as well, people who are already in the workplace but might want to reskill and upskill, then I think there's a lot of opportunities for the universities there. So I think what I would say in terms of, of those things, then I think, yes, it's about continuing to engage and liaise and work in partnership with, with industry on our existing programs. It's about reviewing what we currently offer to our undergraduate students and at the postgraduate level. And it's also thinking about, there's, there's a lot of, discussion and consideration at the moment in the higher education sector but this notion of micro credentials which are effectively small um, sort of 5, 10, 15, 20 credits provision that are could be developed say in partnership with industry to address skills gaps that they've, that they've identified in their sector and GCU already does quite a lot of CPD for industry. So this would just be about formalizing that more, making it credit bearing. And then I think there's all sorts of quite interesting possibilities there about, say, someone in the workforce might take 10, 15 credits from GCU because they're doing something particularly interesting in, say, I don't know, cybersecurity. And then they might go and top that up with um, another few credits at another institution. And then maybe they have some kind of stackable award. So I think there's lots of interesting possibilities for us in the future but that whole notion of working with our industry partners and addressing those skills gaps that we will all be facing post-pandemic for me is absolutely vital. The pandemic's been terrible for everyone but 
it's a word you've used a couple of times. We've got a couple of words you used to throughout this podcast, Alistair, is like opportunities and possibilities. The way that we teach our students that the current situation, it sounds like new avenues and, and new frontiers that we can explore with the way we teach. Yeah, I mean, that's something I feel very, very strongly about is that obviously the pandemic has been massively challenging. But I think the only way forward for, for me, I think, is to take that sort of look to the horizon, see, well, what are the opportunities here? How can we respond and be sort of, you know, leading the sector and thinking about, as I say, new, new opportunities, new ways of, of learning, new ways of delivering and supporting our students. I think perhaps it is um, in some universities, they've taken a bit of an ostrich approach and sort of hope that, you know, they've got a very strong brand of on campus and a particular style of very traditional higher education studying university, you know, school leavers, 18 year old. And I think they were certainly hoping that they would just revert to that within six months. That clearly has not happened. And I, so I think there is probably a growing realization in the sector that actually the impact of this pandemic will be, as I say, a transformation for, for years to come. So I would prefer to see it as well. You know, we, we didn't want this, um, but we may as well make the, you know, the best of the situation. And actually, I think it's quite exciting. So for me, I think key themes here around innovation and flexibility of the student experience, while of course, we don't want to do anything that would sort of dilute the quality. So for me, quality, high quality student experience is, is absolutely critical to this. That's brilliant, Alistair. Everything you're saying there really sounds like it fits into the university's mission for the common good. Yes, I think, so for me, because I've been reflecting on this and working with others, fundamentally, the university's mission and values as the university of the common good stands true. The global context has changed, but those fundamental addressing and working with industry, working with the communities, working with our students, working with our staff in that context as the university of the common good still stands true. So when I've been talking about things like workforce development, ensuring our students have the knowledge, skills, and confidence to succeed in this challenging world. That for me, and about having, um, continuing all our work around sort of widening access, you know, all of that is in line with the University of the Common Good. So I think what's really important is even during these turbulent times, we don't distract from our fundamental mission and values. Alistair, that's absolutely fantastic. Thank you very much for talking to me today. I really enjoyed that. No, thank you for having me, Craig. I really enjoyed that too. I'd also Cheers. like to thank everyone for listening to the show and I hope you'll join us again soon when we'll be talking to another member of staff from Glasgow Caledonian University. In the meantime, please subscribe to this podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to us from. Until then, I've been Craig Telfer and this has been the Common Good Podcast. <laughs>